It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets, 3-1 lead on the Rocks as they go bottom six. DeGrom got touched up there in that sixth inning, gave up a solo home run to Ryan McMahon, hung a slider over the plate. McMahon took advantage of it over the right center field fence, but then pitched out of trouble. So three hits, one run through six, nine strikeouts for DeGrom. We'll see if he comes out for the seventh or not. He's only at 87 pitches. Maybe they look to see. I would. I mean, if he still says he feels okay, I would get him through seven. I'd run him out there for another inning. Because how is he going to learn to get over this hump if every single time he pitches, you know, when he gets into an issue or something in the sixth inning, they're going to pull him from the game, right? I mean, it's you need to train your arm. You got to train your body, your, your mentality. Get through this. And I'm sure that he's the capable of it, but they're just operating with kid gloves. And I, I just, I don't know if I'm necessarily in favor of it, to be honest with you. And they got somebody up in the bullpen here, and I, I don't know if he's done or not. I, I, I tend to think he might be done, but... Just let him go out there. I mean, come on. You know, we were talking about preseason football and how things have changed. You know, it's, we've been fighting this battle for years with baseball when it comes to starting pitchers. Yankees coming up at the bottom of the hour. They'll take on the Oakland Athletics. On a day where Nestor Cortez goes on the IL, Jamison Tyone going to handle the pitching for them tonight in the opener of four against the Oakland A's. Aaron Boone was on with Don and Peter today on TMKS and talked about the nature of the Cortez injury. What's impressive is how well he pitched in his last start because he hurt himself on the second batter of the game and was able to kind of finish the game and, and obviously have a good start. So hopefully it's something that, you know, is just a couple, two, three week kind of thing. We'll see as it unfolds here. But And then hopefully that is something that kind of serves him well moving forward for the you know final few weeks of the season and, and what we hope is on into the playoffs. So I hope that's the case. Um, but first things first is we want to make sure we get him healthy. Stanton is healthy. He's back. He's in there tonight. He's batting third. He's DHing. What is the plan for John Carlo? He'll DH probably this entire trip, and then he'll continue to work pregame. You know, do his outfield work to try and get back to the point to where hopefully in the next ten days, two weeks, whatever it ends up being, hopefully to be an option again for us in the outfield. But initially here, it'll be all DH. You know, I'll give him some little bit of a build up here, so he'll probably play you know three out of four here in Oakland. Hopefully at least a couple in Anaheim, and then we'll see when we get to Tampa where we're at. But um, he's in a pretty good spot, and really excited to get him back in the lineup tonight you know I, I thought it was funny the guys asked Aaron too when they had him on today about you know his post-game outburst on Saturday afternoon when he banged the table after they lost that third in a row to the Toronto Blue Jays and they've since responded right they haven't lost the game since they've won the finale on Sunday won the two games against the Mets and now they take their show out west against the Oakland A's so they asked the skipper if the team he feels responds well when he has his outbursts 
I don't know. Impossible to know for certain. Maybe a little bit of everything. Maybe a little. Maybe not at all. You know. I mean, look. We think we're a really good team. We think we have a chance to be a great team. That's what we're working towards. And might have been just more or less us kind of getting through and finally breaking through. And after a tough stretch of ten games, where you know, especially we weren't putting points on the board. You know, even go back a few years to with the uh, you know the savages in the box and that whole thing, right? That got some good viral activity and. You know, the Yankees used that as a little bit of an energizer and took off move. Maybe Booney needs to be a little bit more fiery, at least outwardly, right? I'm sure the guys see him behind closed doors and so on and so forth. But, you know, whenever these things tend to present themselves, it seems like the Yankees are always the ones that benefit. And I think the fans like it, too. You know, it's nothing wrong with seeing a little emotion out of your, out of your manager or whatever. I think that there's a lot of, you know, most fans would probably take that as opposed to their coach or manager being a little bit too passive, you know, when, when when the ship is sinking or when the house is burning, they're sitting there and they're just, oh, even keel because they don't want to upset the apple cart or anything like that. Sometimes you got to get after it. You know, sometimes that's the way this thing works. But we'll see. Uh, Jets and Giants scrimmaged earlier today as well. No fisticuffs to report, which is good. They'll play for, well, I don't even want to say real. Get in the habit of saying that. But they'll play in the preseason finale coming up on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Our coverage is going to begin at 11 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Greg and I have the pregame show, and then Bob and Marty with the call at 1. We're treating this like a regular season game. This is like a dress rehearsal for us, too. So two-hour pregame, two-hour postgame, and then we hit this thing for real two weeks from Sunday with the opener on the 11th against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Jets earlier today, and they haven't responded to it yet, but they received news, and we all received news, that Denzel Mims has asked for a trade from the New York Jets. And he hasn't, but it was his agent who formally requested the trade. And his agent, Ron Slavin, put a statement out there saying it's just time. Denzel has tried in good faith, but it's clear he doesn't have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season, and he worked extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he has been given no opportunities to work with the starting offense to get into a groove with them. We feel at this point a trade is our only option since the Jets have repeatedly told us they will not release him. Joe Douglas has always done right by Denzel, and we trust that he will do everything in his power to find him another team where Denzel can be a contributor. It's not necessarily so much a knock on Denzel Mims that he's not getting the opportunities or he's not working hard or anything like that. I think what it comes down to more than anything else is the fact that the Jets have just gone out there and they've brought in better players at the wide receiver position. You know, a couple of years ago when they drafted him, you're you're thinking, all right, this guy's going to walk in and almost be like a day one starter. And he's maybe going to be a foundation piece for you for years to come. But guess what? That hasn't been the case. Now, he's dealt with a little bit of bad luck. We know that. But, you know, even when he reported to camp this year in great shape and he had a great offseason and all those things and he seemed like he was ready to go, well, you look around and there's just better players at the position. And so he's buried on the depth chart a little bit more. You know, they wasted, not wasted, that's a strong word, inaccurate word, They used a first-round pick on Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver. They signed Corey Davis to a big free agent contract last offseason. Corey Davis was a former fifth overall pick in the draft. Elijah Moore was a guy they wasted a pretty premium draft choice on last year. They just re-signed Braxton Berrios, 
So where is Denzel Mims going to play? You know, they like Jeff Smith a lot as kind of like a jack-of-all-trades guy at the wide receiver position. And the thing about Jeff Smith, which is different from Denzel Mims, is that Jeff Smith plays special teams. So you can justify using a roster spot on game day for somebody like Jeff Smith because he could serve multiple roles for you. Denzel Mims doesn't play special teams. I think that he's, you know, actively talked to the coaches about doing so. Why that hasn't ever come to fruition, you'd have to ask them. But it's a numbers game more than anything else. You know, he's not, he's not going to play ahead of all those guys that we just named, at least the first four. So if he's no better than a fifth receiver on this team and he doesn't play special teams, I don't know if you can justify using a roster spot for him on game days. I think he knows that. The Jets probably know that. And it looks like his time is maybe up here with this team. And the thing that you hate about it, and you know you don't like to necessarily keep harping on it, but I think that it's valid because it hasn't been proven otherwise yet. You know, Joe Douglas, by all accounts, has done a really, really good job this year and last year with the draft, right? We, we, we'd like to think that he got it right and that there's a lot of optimism and that the future is bright. But that first draft of his in 2020, you know, we always say, like, when, when drafts happen and... You know, you want to assign a grade to a draft and, oh, what's the grade? What's the grade? How do you, how do you think this team – like team – you know, these yo-yos, they, they grade drafts like the morning after. Like, I, I think that's one of the dumbest things that people in media do because you need at least three years to grade a draft. Like right now, if you want to accurately assign draft grades, go back and dra- grade the 2019 draft for all the teams in the NFL and then get back to me and tell me what the grades were. But you already do have two years of a sample size with a 2020 class. And the Jets probably wouldn't get, you know, high marks. It wouldn't be a report card that you're putting on the refrigerator. Mekhi Becton, who's been injured the last two years. Denzel Mims. Ashton Davis, who still has not found his footing yet as a safety. Guy who was taken, you know, 68th overall. Jabari Zuniga who's had a decent camp here, but really has not made much of an impact in regular season. LaMichael Pirine, who scored a touchdown the other night, but he's another guy kind of way down on the depth chart at the running back position. I think that LaMichael Pirine was someone that was drafted to be a fit in the previous offense that was run by Adam Gase, not so much for this system here. James Morgan, who's not even on the team anymore, he was the quarterback. Cameron Clark, whose football career is over because of an injury. Bryce Hall, another guy who, you know, had a decent last couple of seasons, but I think he's buried on that cornerback depth chart now. They just went out and got better players, and Braden Mann, the punter. So there's a lot more miss than hit when you're talking about that draft. And oh, by the way, if you're talking about the premium selections, like the first three picks, Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, and Ashton Davis, you've got, like, no productivity from those guys. You know, and unfortunately, Denzel Mims is going to be somebody that probably, you know, falls into that category of being another second-round pick gone to waste by the Jets. And there have been a lot of them. And you hope that, uh, you know, Elijah Moore is somebody that can maybe break that trend. It looks like he'll be the guy to break that trend. 
because he looks to be very, very, very on his way to having a very productive career. And Brees Hall, who they took this year, the running back out of Iowa State, hopes are high for him as well. But you're not getting a second-round pick back if you trade him away. It'll be interesting to see what Joe D can salvage. And look, Joe's done a good job with these trades. That's one of the reasons that they're in the position they're in right now to where they've incorporated so much more talent on this team. But it just didn't work out for Mims. And you know what? For his sake, I hope he goes to another team and hopes that it's the right situation, the right system, he stays healthy, and he can produce. And I don't think as a Jet fan you're going to feel necessarily that you got spurned in any way because you got yourself some pretty good wide receivers in-house already. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We come back, I'm going to talk about what I teased a little bit earlier. Chet Holmgren, the rookie for the Oklahoma City Thunder, got injured over the weekend with a foot ailment, playing in a pro-am game. Well, now it is the worst-case scenario. You're not going to see the rookie all season long. What does it mean? What can be done about it? And talk about that buyer beware, which we even had going into the draft. Dan Grosso with you till the top, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, like you heard that clip there, the promo runs a lot with Keyshawn throwing some shade at Robert Sala. And none of us know if he's actually going to turn out to be the guy the Jets hope for, you know, to lead this team to bigger and better things, to lead the turnaround. But don't you think that's a little unfair to be throwing all this shade at a guy who, after one year, you're judging him based on, let's see, he took over a team that had the second pick in the draft when he took over for a reason, because they weren't any good. And they won four games on a roster that they're in the process of making over. Like, what were the expectations for the Jets last year? Anybody have the Jets in the Super Bowl? Anybody have the Jets in the playoffs last year and they underachieved and won four games? So now it's all Robert Sala's fault? I mean, come on. Come on. 
you know, we'll see. And I understand that, you know, you, when you do these shows and whatnot, you got to offer these opinions and you got to do all that stuff. And uh, enough is enough. You know, let, let's see what happens. Maybe you'd be right. Maybe you'd be right. Maybe you'd be wrong. But I, I just, why are we sitting here judging somebody on one year, good or bad? You know what I mean? And, and it works the other way, too. How many guys you want to put in the Hall of Fame after one season and then all of a sudden, boom, they come back to reality? It turned out that wasn't the case. Um, Chet Holmgren, the rookie out of Gonzaga, Oklahoma City Thunder. He was second pick in the draft. Seven-footer, less than 200 pounds. He's got a lot of skill. You know, inside-outside game, mostly an outside game. He could do all the things that a guard does, but he's seven feet tall. But the knock coming out of him or the knock on him coming out of the draft was, you know, is he going to be durable enough? Is he going to be able to hold up? I mean, the dude's like a stick figure. You could hide, you know, he could hide behind a broomstick. That's how skinny he was. And you wondered, it's like, all right, that's one thing to play in high school and to play in college. What happens when you go to the NBA and you're playing like grown dudes, right? Grown men. Well, unfortunately for him, You got a taste of that over the weekend, which uh, there's a lot of things that you have to peel back here. Because imagine if it was somebody like on the Knicks or on the Nets or or something along those lines. He was playing in a pro-am game, which is essentially like an exhibition in like a high school gymnasium. But LeBron was playing in the game. Paolo Bencaro was playing in the game. There were other pros in the game. I mean, LeBron, that's all you need, right? So there's a fast break, and LeBron is taking the ball down the floor, and, and Jed Holmgren's on the other team. He's trying to defend him. He's backpedaling in the lane. It's not like he's, you know, initiating contact or trying to, like, stand his ground in the pain or anything like that. He just was backing up, took an awkward step, and he messed up his foot. And then today we find out that it's a tendon injury, and he's done for the season. So many things to unpack. So many things. Like, first of all, my biggest thing, and I look, I know guys are going to get injured any day of the week, any time of the day. That's what happens when you play sports. But in a pro-am game, in a high school gym, that's how this guy goes down? Oklahoma City, you know, the new face of your franchise, this guy's not going to play all year because he was playing in some pro-am game? Really? I know you could say, well, LeBron was playing in it, so it can't be that. But, yeah, I get all that stuff. I, I, I do get it. But it don't make it any easier. And it goes back to the discussion we had a little bit earlier about preseason football. Like, do you feel better if a guy gets hurt in the regular season as opposed to the preseason? Or as opposed to practice or something like that? You know, you knew that there would be some questions with this guy for durability. That's why he wasn't the first pick in the draft. And if you're Oklahoma City, it's almost a blessing in disguise in the sense that, yeah, they like to have him out there. But Oklahoma City is one of these franchises that is in, like, tank mode, right? They love stockpiling draft choices. And so now with no Chet Holmgren, you know what's going to happen? They're going to lose a lot of games again this year. They'll probably end up with a really good draft choice again. And another guy that's probably going to pair with Chet Holmgren and be like the two faces of the franchise is starting a year from now. But it's just a damn shame 
that this pattern is continuing to unfold in basketball with bigs. They can't stay healthy. And it's always like freakish stuff. You know, a lot of times it's like non-contact. I'm like, why is it happening? You know, think about how many great careers, Hall of Fame careers, were cut short because of like foot injuries with bigs. Bill Walton. Yao Ming. Remember Rick Smith's Indiana, Marist? He had foot problems and he couldn't last as long as he wanted to. Joel Embiid, the first couple of years of his career, was battling foot problems. There's something when you're a big guy, and look, I'm not seven feet tall, couldn't tell you why. Don't know why it happens, don't know how it happens, but it happens more often than you think. And now this could be another one of these career. You know, Greg Oden was one of these guys, just could not stay healthy. What is it about these big guys? I mean, I don't want to get into the whole science of it because I don't really think we know exactly. I mean, everybody can offer a theory or a reason, but it just seems to be happening more frequently than it doesn't. See, that's one less thing to worry about if you're a Nick fan. You know, you're worrying about, well, is Donovan Mitchell coming here or not? Are we trading RJ away to get him or not? At least you don't got to worry about one of your guys getting hurt because, you know, there's durability questions playing in a pro-am game before he even steps foot on the court for real. I, I, if it was me, I would be furious. But the only saving grace and the only excuse you can make is that, oh, LeBron was playing in the game. So it had to be okay. I've always said if I ever owned a team, and I might own a team one day, who the hell knows? It's possible. But if I owned a team, I'd be writing in these contracts. You play for me, you ain't doing anything outside the lines of what you're contracted to do for us. Because if it was my club, and I'm paying this dude millions of dollars, and he goes out there and gets hurt playing in a game that's like, you know, a glorified exhibition, I'd probably lose my you-know-what. But what can you do to stop it, right? They're not babies. You can't, like, lock them in the house. Just stinks. And as an NBA fan, it stinks because, you know what, I wanted to see this kid play this year. I wanted to see if he was the goods. I wanted to see if he could hold up. No, it's always next year. It's always next year. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Yanks just about to get underway out west in Oakland. Mets got a 3-1 lead in the seventh over the Rockies. DeGrom was done after six. Lugo loaded the bases in the seventh, but still managed to wiggle out of it without any further damage. So tonight was the, you know, can't really trust Seth Lugo, which seems like it's in nightly, daily occurrence when you're talking about the Met bullpen. And that bridge to that bridge to Edwin Diaz is the Achilles heel for this club. No other way around it. Your calls when we come back at 800-919-3776 will also get into some news that became official today involving one of sports great champions. Stan Gross with you till the top. Then it's Gordon Damer right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something that's kind of been making the rounds here over the last little while tonight, as a matter of fact. And, and I, look, I don't have all the details because, again, this story's kind of just like breaking, but I thought I'd mention it um, because it involves a team, you know, tied to one of our clubs here, and that's uh, it involves the Buffalo Bills. There's a story out there that Matt Areza, who is their rookie punter and who was one of the best punters to come along in quite some time out of – San Diego State, you know, very, very good punter. Already had, like, a punt that went viral in one of the uh, exhibition games this year already because of just, you know, how long it was. He's tremendous. He's really, really good. Um, But unfortunately, maybe not so good off the field. Um, There's a story out that Matt Areza, along with a former and current football player at San Diego State, have been accused of uh, raping a student in a lawsuit that was filed today. The Bills were made aware of the civil suit potentially being filed at the end of July. The t- and the team had another punter in, uh, in camp, Matt Hawk, and they cut him on Monday. The team was aware of this story when Matt Hawk was cut on Monday and well before. The attorney of the girl emailed the team's representation on July the 30th, so almost a month ago. Um, and apparently Matt Areza is not subject to the league's personal conduct policy because the assault is alleged to have taken place before he was drafted. I mean, you talk about like details and I, I mean, we don't know if it's true, right? I mean, let's let all the facts get out there and find out what the heck exactly went on. But as is the case with anything else. Right. If he did these things and if he's guilty and if he's responsible, I don't care when you did these things. If you did them in the NFL, if you did them in college, if you did them in grammar school, I'll tell you this. He ain't playing for my team. He ain't playing for my team. I'll find another punter out there. He ain't playing for my team. Unbelievable. Really is. But. Uh, I'm sure this is not the last we're going to hear of this and shouldn't because it's a very, very serious, serious issue. Unreal. Uh, 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Also NBA-related. Did you see that the Lakers made a trade? They acquired Pat Beverly. And you say, well, why is that newsworthy? Well, because Pat Beverly is one of the great trash talkers in the NBA. You know, I think that I think that he's entertaining more than anything else. Like, I don't take him seriously half the time. I don't know if the players in the league take him seriously, but he could get under your skin. He's one of the great agitators that you have in the NBA. So now he's going to be teammates with none other than Russell Westbrook. And Beverly and Russ have had their share of battles over the years. Um, 
including when Russ made these comments after one of their recent games. Pat Bev trick y'all, man. Like, he played defense. He don't guard nobody, man. Just running around doing nothing. It's not. As you've seen, what happened, 47. All that commotion to get 47. So he doesn't think necessarily too much about his game, right? Or is how much he can slow down Russ on any given night on the court. Here's more Russ talking about Patrick Beverly. Oh, yeah, he was talking about he was first team all defense, but I I, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about because I had 42 at the time, um, the series. You know, I don't know what he talking about. Maybe he was dreaming of some I don't know. Sorry, excuse my cuss word, but I don't know what he was talking about, but I guess he, he wanted to be first team all defense or something. Maybe he was dreaming about it. I don't know. So here you got the Lakers, who were one of the great disappointments in the NBA last year, right? You're going to have LeBron. You're going to have Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is like, you know, we sat here and worried about Chet Holmgren staying out. You know, Anthony Davis is like a graduated version of Chet Holmgren. He can never stay on the court, right? Anthony Davis would be one of the greats maybe of all time if he could ever stay healthy, but he can't. A gust of wind, you know, sidelines Anthony Davis for two months. So you got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron James, you got Russell Westbrook, who, believe me, if the Lakers could find a way to get rid of him, they would. But LeBron wanted him here. And now you got Patrick Beverly. This is, again, going to be one of the great soap operas in all of sports. All of sports. And us over on the East Coast, I think all we could do is hope and pray each and every single night that the Lakers completely go belly up. Because think about what type of reality television that is going to be. With all the infighting, with all the rumors, with all the the behind-the-scenes stuff, it's going to be outstanding. Think about how much content the Lakers are going to give us each and every night when we're doing this show during the NBA season. I can't wait. When I saw that, I said, yes. Yes. It does nothing, as far as I'm concerned, nothing at all to enhance their chances of winning another championship. Zero. But for the entertainment factor, through the roof. L.A. is a city of stars, right? L.A. is all about glitz and glamour and Hollywood and showmanship. And now they're going to have more of it. They may not win a lot of games, but they'll be fun. <laughs> Anthony in Queens, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Anthony? How you doing? You're, you're spot on with everything you said. Good evening. How you doing? What's up, Anthony? <laughs> You know what? When I found out that Pat Bev was going to be on the Lakers, I totally forgot Westbrook was on there. It was like totally like slipped my mind. I was just like, Pat Beverly. But I will say this. He was on um, one of your um, sports colleagues show, I think, on I think it was on ESPN. I think he was okay. on there. Um, and he said that he would love to play with LeBron James. I believe he said that. So I guess he got his wish. <laughs> I guess he got his wish. But those he two was together remember going to be – he was a guy that, you know, Russell, think about Russell Westbrook. Like you said, you forgot that Russell Westbrook is still on the team. Remember, once upon a time, they were trying to send that out here. If, like, the whole Kyrie to the Lakers thing was going to be rumored about, that, like, Russ would be the piece that goes back to Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? But that fell apart, and so he's there. Now you bring in Pat Bev. Can you imagine, once adversity hits, how entertaining this is going to be, Anthony? 
<laughs> I'm right there with you. You know what? This is this is what this is the part of sports that makes it fun. I mean, the, it, this is part of sports that makes it fun. You know, and and the thing with Anthony Davis always being hurt. You know what they used to? I don't know if you remember this, but they used to say that about Porzingis. He's always oh, getting yeah. hurt. He's always good. But you know what? With Anthony Davis, he played with the right person, LeBron James, and he got a ring. So, <laughs> but this is part of sports, though. This is part of sports. Now, just on a side note, yeah. um, I did have some um, problems with Anthony Davis being on the All-75 team. I did have that. I'm just being honest with you with that. Was but, he on um, the All-75 team? He was. Okay. I, 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 Anthony, that was so long ago already in February. Like, I totally forgot who was and who wasn't. Well, you know what? The, the, to be honest with you, I had a, a, a lot of uh, discussions with some people about the list because I felt that um, – and I grew up with – in the 80s. I'm 47. So I grew up watching baseball. You know, they had the sports writers, the beat writers. And, and then even later on when my, you know, when my father, you know, my parents were younger – you know, the sports writers used to follow the teams around. So they had more insight on these players. So, right. you know, but I felt that some of the writers and a lot of the writers, when I looked up who voted, I did, I, I looked at, I was like, oh man. Cause I thought that of anything, I felt Dwight Howard should have been on there based on his resume alone and his accomplishments, even compared to Anthony Davis's. I was like, there's no way he shouldn't have been on there, but you know, I mean, that's just me, you know, but, you know, the NBA is sometimes about politics and whatever, but back to um, <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, it will, it's going to be a fun season. <laughs> Very fun season. And, you know, we, we usually have enough drama with our own stuff out here with our own teams, Anthony, and I thank you for the phone call, you know. And, but that's – see, I think the NBA, because the players in the NBA – remember, there's only five on the court at once – they have the least amount of guys on each roster in the league, on each team in the, in the league. Feels like we know them better than any of the other sports, right? They're more, I think, transparent than the athletes in the other sports. Maybe that's why they're also more popular. You know, a lot of these like young kids and stuff like that. They, they, I, I, I say this all the time. Mike Trout is, I guess, we still call him the best baseball player on the planet. Right, even though, you know, last couple of years he's battled injuries and stuff. Mike Trout walking down the street in Times Square. And then across the street you got, I don't know, Paul George. You know, Paul George, I'm I'm throwing out a guy who's maybe like top 20, you know, most popular NBA player, you know, give or take, roughly. More people are probably going to recognize Paul George than they will Mike Trout. You know, if both of them are crossing the street at the same time. Because the NBA is just in a different place right now. Right? And I think these guys with their own brands, and a lot of them have, you know, commercials and marketing and all that stuff. Like, you, you know them. But you can't say the same thing about baseball. Football is different. Football is like its own, they're on their own mountain way by themselves. And nobody is touching them. But that's what makes the NBA entertaining. The, the brand of play itself might not be your cup of tea. You know, I, I think it's left a little to be desired, to be quite honest with you. I don't, I don't think I'd like to see more of a commitment to defense. I wouldn't like to see, you know, it be a glorified three-point contest like it is more often than not. 
right? How about like run the offense? But they know what they're doing in terms of generating buzz and in generating hype. They got that thing figured out. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>